admit to Pull up, come along with us We gon' take you on a admit to Explore different thoughts Entertain, inform, and elevate you Talking the hottest topics Celebrity news to friendship And relationships and self-care And mental health We got the latest scoop We got the hottest scoop Come talk it out with us It's Lancey and Jay And this is Admit to Admit to Admit to. Hey y'all, welcome back to Admit To. I know y'all missed us. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Jay. And this week we're going to be talking about this bullshit ass job market in 2023. And I know everybody can relate to it. I definitely can relate to it. feel like I've been, I've been personally affected by it mm-hmm. ever since. I feel like ever since COVID kind of happened, the job market has just been tragic. It has changed drastically. I want to say, especially towards the end of 2022, there was like mm-hmm. a major shift, but COVID definitely was like the trajectory for the fuck assness. Because <laughs> there's no way, like, just, just speaking of the past few months, with inflation, how we have inflation right now, there's no reason that when I go in to get a 60 count of eggs, it should have been $26. I wholeheartedly agree. Like, that is outrageous. I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. It was like going through my head as I was talking. I'm like, that is crazy. <laughs> yes, we used to get the, you know, it's, it's a lot of us in the house. And we like eggs. We used to be able to get a 60 count of eggs for like $8, maybe $11. Well, randomly, one day we went to go get some eggs and they were $26. Not no farm fresh, not no fresh off the chicken, not no brown eggs, Mm -hmm. organic. It was H-E-B in the little box eggs. Mm -hmm. And they were $26. And for y'all that don't know H-E-B, that's like a Texas brand. That's like the the grocery store here. Like, if you don't do H-E-B, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you're missing out. Very much so. But I, I like me, I'm a person of one. I used to be able to maybe spend like $75, $80, maybe 90 if I was splurging a little bit on groceries a month, just for me, one person. Now, I, I kid you not, about a month ago, I ended up spending almost $300 on groceries for just me. And I didn't buy anything that's really different. So mm-hmm. I'm like, how mm-hmm. and even like trying to just go get sides like if you got meat at home mm-hmm. just trying to get things to eat with the meat like i'm spending 50 dollars. seasonings too i saw some garlic powder the other day for seven dollars why exactly i bought it because i needed it but i was just like why <laughs> see and i think i think that's what's kind of gonna mess us up in the end because it's like Okay, they're marking it at these highest prices. Mm-hmm. We buy it anyway because these are things that we need. Mm-hmm. They know we can m- meet them at this price point. They're never going to bring it down. They know we don't have a choice because I like, even gas, like you need gas to get from place to place. Like, you don't have a choice. And even though you might find gas, it's like 10 cents cheaper. That doesn't make much of a difference. You're probably saving only a dollar or two. Well, yeah. I had this conversation with a friend the other day because we were talking about um, the streaming services, you know, back when streaming services became a thing, it was a cheaper alternative to cable. But now 
all the streaming services are one, they keep creating them. And then Mm -hmm. two, they're raising their prices. So you have all of these TV services, streaming services that are adding up to cable. So she and I were talking about that. And then I just so happened to see a news article the next day that said like all of the basic um, streaming services like uh, HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, Paramount, like the ones that most people get are coming out to about $95 a month, which was the problem at first. We were trying to get away from these high ass prices. So I asked her, I was like, well, since they're increasing these prices due to inflation, what happens on the reverse side? Are they going to go back down? No. Because you should do the same. I feel like if you're increasing prices because everything's elevated, when things de-elevate, you should do the opposite. I think since they know that people are still willing to pay this amount of money, no matter how much they raise it up, people are still going to have Netflix, still going to have Hulu, still going to keep Disney Plus, still got to watch HBO Max. They're not going to drop. But I don't feel like it's a sustainable system, though, because like like I said, people were trying to get away from those high ass prices, which is why they cut cable. Is it sustainable? No. But are people still going to pay for it? Absolutely. Is it going to be I'm going to watch it this month and turn it off next month and forget when next month come and constantly get that extra? I mean, you 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 can, because like I told her, I said that that's crazy for like a single family household, because. If you think about it, a lot of Americans, even with two incomes, don't make a a lot of money and people really have to like budget for certain things. And like, although I could pay for it, like when it comes to like streaming services, if I'm watching a show and it should go on hiatus, I'm a cancel to this show. Come back on. Mm -hmm. I canceled Max when the two shows that I was watching (laughs) went on hiatus. I'm like, when they come back, I'll get it again. (laughs) Like I was paying sixteen dollars, so I'm like, I could save that. I'm not watching it. Mm-hmm. But that's how you going That's how you do yours. I wish I was that disciplined to be able to be like, okay, my show is off. I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna cancel Netflix. Mm-mm. I'm gonna find another show to watch because I've already paid for it. And but then I have, I have alternative streaming services. So why can't you just go to the stream like? The one, the two that I never cancel are Netflix and Hulu. I've had those for years, never canceled, not one time. So yes. I'm like, if I really, really want to watch something, then I'll just go to, to one of those. Well, see, and the, and that's the thing. Let me let me rewind too. Well, the streaming services, all of these streaming services that we have that's out there, I don't have. I have Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and Amazon Prime Video. So Peacock and HBO Max and Stars and BT Plus. Mm-mm. Okay, so so that was my issue. So my dad has always paid for Netflix until now when they stopped the whole password sharing. So now I have to pay for my own Netflix. But my dad paid for Netflix. I think my sister has BT Plus. I don't really watch their shows, but it's there, I guess, if I need it. But mm-hmm. I'm the one who keeps the family afloat. I play for Hulu, uh, Max, Peacock, Paramount. Um, and I mean, we all have our own Amazon Prime. I was paying for Disney Plus. I canceled that. I, all the streaming services I have. So I'm paying for all of them and my family's just mooching. So I had to let them know like two months ago, I'm like, especially with Peacock and Max, I was like, hey, Peacock is about to end on this date. Max is about to end on this date. So if y'all watching anything, watch it now because I'm not paying for it. Because 
I wasn't even the one really, really watching it. It was mainly just because it was like a family thing. And like on Max, I only had two shows. Well, I had three shows on there I was watching. But again, mm-hmm. they went on hiatus. Peacock, I probably watched one thing on that. I just had it just to have it. So I feel like if I don't need all, it was like 10 streaming services. Like there's no mm-hmm. way I'm watching all of those services at once. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I understand. I understand that. And especially now with the strike, because as an actor, we on strike. And even like with my age, we, we're not even auditioning really. Like we're doing like commercial auditions. And I guess if a non-union project come in, but those are not like the big like TV shows. All of those are sad. But I'm like, I'm kind of in support of my fellow actors and writers. So I'm like, in a sense too, all of this money is going towards the the head honcho, the showrunners and all of those. But y'all not paying, we paying all of this money for all of these streaming services, but y'all not giving the actors their residuals. You're not paying the writers out. And without both of those parties, you have nothing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's just me. No, no, I, I absolutely get it. I get where you, I like, I understand your standpoint because you're looking at it from an actor's point of view. But me, I'm just looking at it like when one show go off, I'm gonna find another one. When this show go off, I'm gonna find another one. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was also before the strike. I'm just saying, like, because I would just can't, like, because certain streaming services that I only got for certain shows. Okay. I never just got them because I was like, oh, I want to get this. It was like, oh, there's a show on there that I want to watch. What? I, <laughs> yes. Okay. You just reminded me. I have a streaming service that I do that too. It's now that's TV. Mm. And I got it to watch. Baddies Collection with Big Legs. Mm-hmm. And when the season went off, I cut it off. That was me with Zeus. I got Zeus for Baddies and for Bad Boys Club. And as soon as that last episode aired, I was like, we gonna stop it until the next season. And the same with Apple, Apple, well, my daddy had, he plays for Apple TV now. But I had got Apple TV specifically for one show. And then once I finished that show, I was like, okay, there's nothing else on. Like, I even went through to check. I'm like, there's nothing on here that I want to watch. So I just got Apple TV courtesy of my phone company. Yeah. So I haven't found nothing on it that seemed interesting enough for me to kind of watch. It's not. It's not. (laughs) And I like Apple. I mean, Apple just do something to me, but I need y'all to do something with these shows. Your show, the... Don't quote me on this, but I feel like it's similar to this. I think it's called The After Party. It's with Dave Franco. Um, it That was a good show, and I, I watched that one. Okay, I'm going to look into that because it's just not cutting it. It's not yeah. working. Yeah. And I had I had my trial, too. I had got like a three-month free trial, which is why I had initially started looking into it. But, yeah, not... <laughs> Oh, and before I forget, I do kind of want to backtrack. Mm-hmm. I do want to. I do want to backtrack in our conversation. When you were talking about um, how the actors are currently on strike because mm-hmm. they're not getting paid the mm-hmm. money they deserve, it seems like that's almost like a universal thing right now. As it's far as yes, as far as pay equality for different people, especially for Black women, and I know Black mm-hmm. artists, Black female actors. Yep. Um, singers black writers they're always kind of underpaid Mm -hmm. compared to their counterparts 
Very much so. And this is me being on the entertainment side, but also being on the corporate side in both for several years. It it doesn't change. And it's like people try to like push the needle. Like you do have some people that try to push the needle and try to like make the change or make an impact, but it's very minuscule. And it, it, it shouldn't even have to be to where you have to like make it a concern. But I feel like nobody really cares. Well, the people that should care don't care. No, and I think I'm, I'm wondering if it's they don't care because they know they can get away with it. Because like it was kind of hidden from the public eye for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like before, what movie was that? I think it was like the TLC movie that came out, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how uh, their chicks was like five cents. Yeah. It's like you're this big celebrity, you're doing all these tours. People are literally missing out on paying their rent, missing out on paying some of the their household bills to go see you. And you're telling me that out of the three of you in your group, your check was five cents. But I think that is the another misconception with the entertainment industry. People think because you're famous, you're rich, and that's not true. And I'm not famous or rich, but I know that as someone on the entertainment side, like these people have followers. They don't followers don't equal money. So Mm -hmm. and then it's like if you book one thing, you don't know when the next thing is coming around. Like, you know, there's some people that they'll book something that was like big at one time, but you won't see them for years. And then people are like, oh, well, what is so and so doing where you haven't had um, a, a booking since whatever year? And it's like. One, unless you're like in the, I'm not even gonna say the top 5%, the top 2%, like the Brad Pitts and the Margot Robbie's and the Will Smith's and all of those, that's not, that's only a few hundred maybe actors, maybe a few thousand, I, I doubt it, but maybe a few hundred actors that are at that level. The other ones, no, like, yeah, they're on TV shows. Yeah, you see them on red carpets, but to say that they're rich, no. And then you also have to think about it. Most of them live in California. California costs. Yes. Yes. And so imagine if you have these jobs far few in between and you're already not getting paid what you're worth. I saw a podcast. um, I was watching a different actor's podcast uh, a few weeks ago and they were child actors on these big like Nickelodeon and uh, TV shows. Mm -hmm. And one of the comments that they made was that back in the day, they were getting paid what they were worth. Like you can book one TV show and be set for a few years. You know, like a lot of those child actors. Like mm-hmm. you won't see them, they get like a few years older because those checks kept them from having to work for a while. They were like, now? They, like they could not describe what changed, but they're like, now? It's, I think it's changed with like, I mean, this is like actor speak, so a lot of people won't get it. But like SAG and Astra that like combined like several years ago, and I think that kind of changed a few of the like stipulations for actors getting paid. Like there's something called SAG scale and it's kind of like a one size fits all kind of pay scale mm-hmm. uh, compared to back then. I feel like it was based on like your um, resume or your accolades. And to a certain extent, it still is. But like hearing them talk about it, it's like sometimes now they try to make it a one size fits all. Like it doesn't matter if you were like successful several years ago. It's like now they're trying to save money. So unless your agent, I guess, can kind of like fight for you to a certain extent to kind of get you more money, 
it's like, hey, this is what's on the table. Take it or leave it. And I don't like that because you get some people who were, and I'm just speaking from just off the top of my head. I don't have any real facts behind this. This is just an opinion. Mm-hmm. But like some of these people who are on these shows with, or not, I'm not going to even say on the show. Some of these people have a net worth of a hundred million or a hundred billion, but they're still struggling months and months to pay bills. I just, I. Net worth doesn't equal income. I, and I get that too, but it's like for your net worth to be this big and you're still out here struggling day to day like everybody else, it's like, where is the money that these companies are getting? Where does that money go? Because obviously you're not getting paid. Not like, I don't know if you saw like the whole thing with like the girls from like Orange is New Black. That was one of Netflix's biggest shows ever. Mm-hmm. One cent residual checks. You're telling me I'm on the biggest Netflix show, maybe in history. One of the notes, I think it's Stranger Things, but one of the biggest Netflix shows. And they said they were having to um, find their own wardrobe. Like they didn't have, like they were having to pay for all this, but weren't getting paid anything. And then of course, when you're an actor, you're on hold. So even though you're, we when we go to work every day, we get paid for, for working like that. Mm-hmm. Then they might work two days out of the week, but they're only getting paid for those two days. But they have to be available that whole week. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's how acting is. It's like, or they like they'll especially if you're like a series regular, you can't really do much of anything else. You're booked for those several months. Well, are you working every workday? No. But you can't do anything else. So how can you supplement that income? Okay, I didn't think about it like that. So it's like it's 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 just a lot of things that go into the entertainment industry that I feel like a lot of people don't like, which another thing kind of upset me. You know Giovanni Samuels, right? She was yes. like all, all that and the bring it on. Yeah. Yes. So she had made like a video. I don't condone people getting online crying. I'm sorry, but <laughs> she made a video a few weeks where she was online crying and she was saying how hard it has been for her. And a lot of people say, Oh, we go through that every day, G. And it's like, it's true. We do go through that every day. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you have a certain job and you are expecting a certain pay, you should be entitled to that pay. Yes. She is an actor. She has been working for years. There's no reason she should be struggling. It's just like there's no reason for us everyday people to be struggling. Because I'm also, That's- I mean, I'm in the entertainment field, but I'm not an entertain like I'm not a celebrity. I'm not rich and famous. I'm still a working gal. Mm. For for now, for now. For now. But on the flip side, I kind it was hard for me because I was like, I empathize with both sides. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of people, if they can't relate, they can't empathize. And I mean, that's the world in general. Like people, some people don't empathize with homeless people because they don't, they've never been there. But I'm like, you can still have empathy for people. And not yeah. relate to it. Because at any moment, it can be you. Exactly. Everything can be snatched away from you in the blink of an eye, literally. Exactly. I don't feel bad for people because of X, Y, Z. I'm like, why not? Why can't you feel bad for them? Now, certain situ- now, I feel like when it comes to certain situations, certain circumstances, it's like, okay, yeah, I don't feel bad for that because you cause your own stressors in this situation. Mm-hmm. That I get. But when it comes to something that's like, kind of out of their own realm, like like the example you use with a homeless person. Yes, of course I feel bad for them. 
And every, I know a lot of people are quick to say, oh, well, they could have got a job. Look at us. Here we are fighting every day, trying to get jobs. Mm-hmm. Imagine not having a home. Imagine not having a computer, not having clean clothes for an interview. Not no having a fresh. Don't know where your, your next meal is coming from. If it's hard for people who are under a roof and have access to these kind of things mm-hmm. to get jobs, I can only imagine what it's like for somebody who is homeless. And I would like to take that back. I know now we don't like to use the word homeless. It's unhoused. I, I Someone told me that recently, so I just want to be sensitive to that. They're unhoused people. They're not homeless. It, I'm, I'm just trying to adapt to the times. <laughs> but either way, same sentiments. But that goes hand in hand with like all these huge layoffs now. Mm-hmm. Like, People, it's beyond people's, people have been, in, there's people that have been in companies for 20 years that have been laid off this year out of nowhere. They have no control over that. And with this job market, I be on LinkedIn. I see posts several times a day. It'd be so depressing. Thankfully, I have a job, but it's so depressing because it's like people are like, oh, this is week 37 of me interviewing, nothing yet. And it's just like, it's crazy. I'm so glad you brought that up. There's this guy. I'm going to have to start writing these people down. There's this guy that he sometimes occasionally comes across my TikTok. Mm-hmm. And he talks about uh, from when he left his last job. He has all these accolades, all this experience. He has mm-hmm. his degrees. And he is documenting every application he does, mm-hmm. every interview he went on. The last time I saw him, he put in over a thousand yeah. applications and didn't even have a call didn't even have a phone interview some of them denied him some of them didn't even respond back mm-hmm. but it's like you have been at home doing applications day in and day out to where you have done over a thousand applications yeah. and not one not one came through see that doesn't make I feel like because I have seen someone too where she had did like 800 um, applications and she said she only had like maybe three interviews that is crazy to me is it is it accurate yes I know because I have been interviewing since March and like I said thankfully I'm still in I, I've been employed the entire time but imagine if I wasn't you know oh. and it was just like recently where like I have had job offers come through but that was several months compared to I saw someone say that it had been over a year since she had been laid off and she still had not been able to secure a job. And it's like people have kids, you know, like luckily I don't have anyone depending on me, but imagine if I did that as another level of stress. Mm-hmm. And, and this supposed to be the best country in the world. So people don't even have savings to fall back mm-hmm. on. And then yeah. it takes so long to get unemployment and your unemployment is never going to be what you were actually making. It's so, only like 50 or 60% or See, I, I don't, I don't know, but I know it's not enough. <laughs> Not hell, it's half the time your own check isn't enough. That too, like they I saw a post recently where it's like people that make six figures feel broke. And it's true. I can relate to that. It's like I make the most money I've ever made more than a lot of people in America, and I still feel like it's not enough. That's a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. It's it's to the point where I've literally been thinking of working, saving my little coins. And just going to another country. Because over there, I'm Big Bang Hank. I can make a very good life for myself. I mean, but there's also other cons over there compared to that one pro. 
yes, <laughs> I understand that too. But I mean, there's cons everywhere. I mean, look at it here. Here in America, we have uh, sexism. We have racism. I could go to the movie theater and get shot. I could work at a school and have to worry about an armed shooter coming in there to shoot mm-hmm. up the school. Um, I, I'm not safe walking on streets at night by myself. You're not safe in your own house. So. Yeah, not safe in, even in your own home. So it's like every everyone has their pros and cons. And I know they talk about, oh, these countries, they have the cartel and they have these gangs. But guess what? We got that here, too. We have but that right outside our they, own door. But they're not really out here trying to snatch us up, though. Cartel, they oh. just look at you one time rolling down the wrong block and you out of there. <laughs> and, I, and I really think it depends. Like, you have to do your research and, like, look at the area you're in. I, I'm a firm believer of before you move there, visit. Like, mm-hmm. before, even before I would move into apartments. I would see it during the daytime, get the tour, but I'm going to roll through there at night to see what it's looking like. So, and I feel like even moving state to state or moving country to country, that that should also be something because you could think like online, they're going to show you, oh, it's a luxury apartment. It's this, it's that. You get that and it's like Section 8 housing. Yeah. I saw, I was watching a comedy special the other day and he was talking about, um, it was a whole, I'm going to tell you about the comedy special after you should watch it. But um, he was saying how he had moved into these apartments with his mom. And he was like, outside the apartments look nice. He said, but outside, he said, but at night is when you find out who live in those nice apartments. <laughs> so he's mm-hmm. like, the outside is different compared to the people that inhabit it. <laughs> well, but no, you're right. Like I have, I have seen plenty. I'm in a few like groups, like social groups, like, like not personal social groups, like online social groups. And People, there's been plenty of black women that said they have like moved abroad or whatever. And they were like, they're living their best lives. But I just feel like sometimes you you can run from one problem and then encounter another. Because, I mean, I'm not against it because I wanted to move to Canada for the longest time. And I almost did in 2020. And then COVID happened. And it just fucked up my little plans. But I just feel like we shouldn't even have to do all of it. Mm-hmm. Even like now with this, we were talking about these bullshit as job market, but it's also this fuck ass fucking home market. Like you can even, I bought a house end of last year. When I tell you it was such a fucking stressful process that I wanted to tap out and my realtor kept telling me, no, no. I'm like, no. And then even when it got to the finish line, everything almost like got fucked up. And I was like, if this shit don't work out now, I'm never doing this shit ever again. Mm-hmm. It was just too much. They make it hard. And then not only that, interest rates are fucking sky high. They have not gone down at all. I keep watching the the housing market because I was like, damn. I was like, if the if the interest rates go down now, I'm going to be mad as hell. But they, mm-hmm. it's been almost a year later and they're just going up. And I'm just like, why, like, why would you make it so difficult for people to obtain housing? And because I, I feel like that's not even like, like a want. That's a necessity. Like you need somewhere to like lay your head at at night. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad you brought that up because everything just everything comes full circle. Mm-hmm. We get these jobs that don't want to pay as really anything. They but they want you to work. They want you to give up your left arm and your right leg to do it. Mm-hmm. And then inflation, so groceries are going up, bills are going up. Like 
the light bill, the light company, I don't know what energy got going on, mm-hmm. but whatever they're doing, they need to relax. And mm-hmm. then you have the housing market, like a regular, not even like no luxury apartment, mm-hmm. a regular apartment. I remember in high school, we lived in these apartments. They were two bedrooms. They were $750 for two bedrooms. Mm-hmm. We moved, and let me rephrase it, two bedrooms, two baths, two walk-in closets, mm-hmm. huge. Huge. Um, those same apartments are like thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars. Granted, that is great for a two bedroom now. Yeah, it is. Cause two bedrooms that I've been looking at recently, the cheapest I've come across is like seventeen hundred, sixteen hundred in that range, mm-hmm. or like even some. I saw one that was like twenty four hundred dollars. He's like, oh, it comes with. Uh, you get your own personal assistant and we have a store at the bottom and we have um on on campus dry cleaning. I don't need that. And I see that. OK, so my first apartment was like seven. It was in the 700s. I remember the exact number. And that was before like they added trash or whatever. So the most was like 850. To me at the time, I was like, oh, this is too much. <laughs> but last <laughs> I mean, I was also young and making a lot less money, but I was like, child, how am I going to do this? I mean, I did it. But last year, when I was living in Austin, my apartment, and I had got a good deal. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a very good deal. I had my, it was like a little townhome, one bedroom, nine, like 900 square feet, fourteen fifty, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. More than I wanted to pay, but it was within my budget. I'm like, okay, cool. When it was about time, I mean, I wasn't going to renew anyways. I was already planning on moving. But when they sent me my renewal, it went up to $1,850. I was mm-hmm. like, uh, 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 no. Absolutely. I, mean, I would have done month to month because at that point, I was still trying to debate if I was going to buy a house or what I was going to do if I was going to move states. I was still debating all of that. So I was like looking into doing month to month. Month to month was 2100 I said, for this, no. Oh, yeah. You know, that's how it would push me to buy because I'm like, if you are going to skyrocket every increase like this, I might as well just go ahead, buy a house. When you are paying an apartment, you're paying 100% interest to somebody. You're not getting no equity. None of that gets reimbursed to you or benefits you. Compared mm. to buying a house, yeah, right now interest rates are high, but all of that money is something I'm investing in. That is my mm. equity. That's generational wealth I'm building mm-hmm. and my mortgage is never going to go up my my property taxes might fluctuate but you can like manage that but like my mortgage is never going to go up and it can actually go down because if i refinance my mortgage is going to go down so i'm just like why do y'all want to be so money hungry in this country like why do you want people to suffer why can't everybody just be able to live i don't understand that I don't either. And like, people might have some backlash when I say this, but like this whole thing with the debt ceiling, that's why, oh, we've reached the debt ceiling. Yeah, we've been in debt longer than America been America. And all that shit Yeah, we've we've been in, we're never going to get out of debt. We're always going to owe China. We're always going to owe this person. We're always going to owe that person. Them not paying, taking off everyone's financial aid, uh, loans, student student loans. I was just thinking about that. Them um, increasing everything, that extra money isn't going 
to the debt ceiling. That extra money is going into y'all pockets because let's be real. Y'all aren't physically putting that money into anything. Have somebody go on the computer, zero that shit out for everybody else and to make things at least livable for the rest of us here. There's not, there's no reason why. Because I feel like I, for not having a degree and having a lot of experience, the pay I get right now is okay. It's a decent pay. Mm-hmm. What, do I want more? Absolutely. But is it more than what everybody else is getting? Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm still in a position where I feel like I need a side hustle or I need to go ahead and start my own business or I need to find another part-time job just to still keep me afloat. And yes, uh, I'm currently like in two incomes and we we both make the same amount, similar checks, but it's like we both still have things that we're trying to do. And it's like, you can't really necessarily have a savings because when you put your money in your savings, oh, the car break down. Yeah. Oh, this have to be fixed. Oh, don't forget the taxes for the house due. Oh, don't forget you have to pay your uh, home insurance. It's it's all these different things that come up. And it's like you don't get a chance to get ahead. And and that's the crazy part because it's like America like prides itself on being like the country of dreams or whatever the hell they want to call it. But it's like how can we even obtain these dreams when y'all don't even make it easy for us to just basically live and like. I said I'm I'm very fortunate to be where I am like but it's it's just the fact that it should not be as hard as it is like everyone should just be able to provide for themselves there's no reason why people should make posts because they're like oh does anybody have like money cuz me and my kids are going to starve this week there's mm-hmm. absolutely no reason for that there's no reason why people can't afford to have housing and transportation. Some people got to choose between one or the other. Like, I don't understand it. And I went to a, um, what you were going to say something. <laughs> yes, ma'am. There's also no reason why you have to jump through hoops to try to get some food stamps. Every little bit counts. Let's be real. Once again, you aren't physically giving people cat, cold, hard cash. You're not depositing money into anyone's bank account. You are typing a number onto a food stamp card. Everybody can win. I got food stamps one time when I was in college, and that was only because I was going to school. But I had to work no more than 20 hours a week. I had to make no more than X amount of dollars. And it's like, well, obviously I'm struggling. And then if you made anything over that, it's like, but I'm still part time. I still have an apartment. I still have a car note. I still have these. How broke do you want me to be? It's yeah. like you want me to be broke, but you still want me to at least be have at least have something. If yeah. I was able to get something, I wouldn't need the assistance. And you make it so hard. Like, like I said, I feel like I have a decent pay into this household. Mm-hmm. But could we use some food stamps? Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, I, I honestly feel like no matter what you're making, Eve was now the baby. I would rather not pay for these groceries. Honestly, like, I can afford it, but do I want to pay for it? No, I, I always tell my dad, like, because I, I got like big girl bills, like real, real big girl bills. And I'd be telling him, I was like, can I afford it? Yes. Do I want to? No. <laughs> like, it's crazy because it's like, I feel like when I was younger, I used to think a thousand dollars was a lot. Mm-hmm. It was like a $20 bill to me. Yeah. As soon as you break it, it's gone. Like, if I see some, I'll be like, mm-hmm. mm-mm, It is gone. As soon as you, as soon as you spend anything 
to put you under a thousand dollars, that thousand dollars is gone. Like is sometimes, I mean, I, I split my payment between like three accounts. So sometimes, like one week, I might focus on one account, and when that one account go like, let's say three hundred, if it say three hundred dollars in there, I'd be like, can I live on this for three more days, bitch? You know, I'm to spend three, but it's just you know, it's like anything could come up at any given point, and three hundred dollars seem like ten dollars. So I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, all I got is three hundred dollars in my bank account. I don't get paid for three more days. Hey, <laughs> bitch, you good? <laughs> And I be trying to talk myself through it. I'm like, girl, that's three hundred dollars. You ain't gonna spend three hundred dollars in three days. I mean, yes. you, could, you could, but yeah. do you have to? no? <laughs> yeah, they still just make it so hard. And like you said, they say America is the land of the home of the dream, or land of the dream, whatever they want to call it. It's all false. Yes, because all these other countries, like they at least offer free health care. Free health care, free education, maternal and paternal leave. Um, sometimes they pay you during your maternity leave. Some kids, uh, in some countries, the the parents will get a kid for their check until they're. Uh, oh, the parents will get a check for their kid until they're like ten, and it's like here they force you to have a kid with no health care, have this high ass hospital bill. And then expect you to take care of it with no kind of assistance. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue back to that part in a minute. But I had a friend when I was younger. Um, she she lived in Kansas, but she was from Canada. So mm-hmm. when she graduated and went back to college, ugh, I, I had tried looking for her for years too. Sharaya, if you hear this, I'm looking for you. <laughs> but she um, went back to college in Canada, and she said they were paying her to go to school, which is why mm-hmm. she went back. To go to college for in Canada, I was like, "Why we can't do that here?" And that's another thing. It's like I go to school and and go to college to get these student loans. Which for one, a lot of people, a lot of credit card companies wouldn't give me a credit card at eighteen because of no work experience, no income. Yeah, I, I had got one too. But no income at 18, but I can go get a $20,000 student loan. Yeah. I paid $150,000. Well, that's that's a region because Texas, the college, some colleges are a little cheaper. But I didn't got $75,000 worth of student loans to get a piece of paper to say I'm qualified for this job mm-hmm. to get a job and make $40,000 a year. And that never made sense to me. Like, well, I've never... I've been fortunate to like be ahead of most of my peers just because I started in the corporate world very early at 17. Mm-hmm. Cause I ain't know no better. If I would have known some better, I probably wouldn't have done it because <laughs> having a career at 17 was a lot, but yeah. it's like, even when I have another, this is another conversation I had with the friend that I was having a conversation with about the streaming services. She says she works a job that she hates, but the pay is good. But she has her degree in social work. She said, but I can't use it because the pay is so low. I said, I had the same situation. I'm only where I am because I started in the corporate world so early. But when I got my degree in communications, when I wanted to go into that field and I was interviewing for jobs, the pay was, I'm like, I absolutely cannot take this. Mm-hmm. What you mean to tell me you only offered me $40,000? What you mean? And- 
And look, I, I agree with that, too, because that, that was one of my like internal struggles majoring with criminal justice. So with criminal justice, it's like. The, the options that are laid out to you. Police officer, lawyer, judge, parole officer, probation mm-hmm. um, or to work in correction. Mm-hmm. My all these positions that I just stated outside of lawyer, judge, and probation officer, one of the one of them you don't necessarily have to have a degree. Mm-hmm. The other ones, you don't you don't need a degree to go be a police officer. You don't need a degree to work corrections. Mm-hmm. You don't need a degree to be a probation officer. So when I start working in the criminal justice field, I'm like, I'm sitting here getting this degree. I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't mm-hmm. want to be a judge. I don't want to be a cop. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a probation officer, a parole officer. Do I love criminal justice? Yes. Is this what I want to do? Yes. But the pay, I'm making more than some of the people upstairs was making when I was a correctional officer. Yeah. Correctional officers were some of the highest paid people in the building. So it's like, I'm going to go to school for four years, drown in debt to make what I'm making now. And I was barely hitting 40000 a year. Granted, they went up, I guess, because of inflation, because the position I was when I left, I think now they're making like 50000 I should have stayed. Should have stayed. But, but that's the, neither here nor there. But that's the crazy part. I was already making 52000 before my degree. So you're telling me you want me to go backwards. Like, to mm. me, that the math didn't match. So I was just like, there's absolutely no way. And I tried d- applying to different roles. I'm like, maybe it was just that role, you know? But no, it was a whole industry because technically I was starting back over. And I was like, I was fine with a little pay cut, but that was too significant. Mm-hmm. And then literally like a year later, staying in my same line of work, I was already up to 70000 So imagine if I would have been like, oh, well, let me work my way back up. I probably would still be barely trudging up the fucking... Because I kind of was starting back from ground zero, but I was just like, with a degree, whether I'm starting entry level or not, I feel like it should have been a lot higher than that. Mm-hmm. But these companies, I don't know if it's the companies that don't want to pay or they just don't have the funding or what? because our minimum wage in Texas is still $7.25. No, because there was one job when I was applying for it. I'm going to say their name. It was Fox. I love y'all. Put me on one of y'all TV shows. But (laughs) um, I applied to one of their roles and it was based in New York. And I was excited because when I was in high school, for some reason, I always saw myself in California or New York. I was almost going to move to California. My auntie was going to let me. My daddy said no. But based on all the TV shows I watched, I wanted to move to New York. And I was like, I'm going to live in an apartment. I'm going to be walking everywhere. I don't know why, but I had a I had a, the idea that I was going to be a barista. I don't know why I wanted to be. Maybe it's because it's what I always saw on the TV shows. But like, I was like, I'm going to be in New York. So when I got the job offer for Fox, it was 50000 I was like, 50000 in New York? To uproot your life? How? I could, and my daddy was like, do they expect you to live in a box? I said, I guess. And I, I tried to negotiate because I negotiate everything. And she told me that was their cap. Oh, no. And the conversation I had with my dad was, I we both feel like, because that's like some people's dream job, they're like, hey, whatever we offer, they're going to take it because they want to work for us. 
Mm-hmm. For me, that didn't, that did not, I couldn't do, I was like, I'm going to put myself in a bind. Like that just did not make, I'm like, who can live on $50,000 in New York? I could, could have barely made 50,000, lived on 50,000 in Texas. Thanks. I'm working for Fox. There is no way you tell me you ain't got it. Exactly. Tell me the cap, girl, the cap. Nah. Nah. Mm-mm. I love y'all Fox though. <laughs> mm, Fox, you iffy with me. <laughs> I, I thought that was crazy. That is crazy, and and it's once COVID kind of happened, and like jobs started letting people go, or people can go into the buildings, yada yada yada, all this extra stuff. I ended up taking a job with the school district, mind you. I have college um, college credits. I have experience. I ended up being like a teacher's aide. I'm like, okay, teacher's aide wouldn't be so bad. Mm-hmm. Baby, I left them quick. $10.83. That's crazy. We got paid. I got, now granted, I did get paid through the summer, but we got paid the 10th and the 25th or something like that. But didn't y'all have to take like a a pay reduction up, up front to get Pay through the summer. I, I mean, at least I've heard that. Well, see, I don't know nothing about that. They just told me what my skill that I was gonna get paid throughout the summer. I was, I was well. I know for teachers, it could be different for teacher aid. I know for teachers, they have a salary, and you can get it like your full salary through those ten months, and then mm-hmm. you won't get paid for the summer, which is why a lot of teachers get summer jobs. Or you could say a pay reduction up front, and they will spread that across those twelve months so that you can get paid half money through the summer. Well, yeah, it could it could have been different, and also, you know, they're a little ghetto out here. So I don't I don't know these people out here. This whole district out here is junky. But ten dollars and eighty three cents, and so just just basic math. If I'm getting paid ten dollars, break it down ten dollars an hour. We got eighty hours on uh per pay period. Mm-hmm. Minimum is eight hundred dollars after taxes because I didn't have to pay for insurance or anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't have nothing really coming out my check besides taxes. It should have been. Around maybe seven hundred. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. My checks were five hundred and seventeen dollars. My car note is almost four hundred dollars. What do you expect me to do? Right. What What do you expect me to do? And it's like I'm getting five hundred dollars this check. Pay my car note. Try to pay some bills. Or can't even really pay no bills. Or if I pay bills, can't get groceries. And right. then, then everything coming out your account, account overdraft, and then guess what? When you get paid again, that five hundred dollars you had, then yeah. two or three hundred gonna cover those the overdraft fees and the late fees. So now you're only stuck with three hundred dollars. And then this, you gotta get groceries and pay, and the cycle just kept continuing. And I'm like, there's no way they really expect people to be able to have. And then it was full time. Like if it was part time, I get it, mm-hmm. but it's full time. I'm here from seven in the morning. To four o'clock in the evening, and I'm getting five hundred dollars every two weeks. I ain't yeah. never made no five hundred dollar check in my life until I started working there. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It's just this economy, and then of course you know, then you have like that disparity and all of that between like black women's pay, especially. So it's like black women are like the least paid has always been the least paid probably will always be the least paid because the people that should care don't care Mm -hmm. and 
I know there was a I know there was a, a conversation that I saw somewhere not too long ago and it was like, yeah, in the past few years they have like advocated for like pay transparency and things of that nature. But I'm like, they're still not closing that gap. Mm-mm. At all. Mm-mm. It it shouldn't be this hard. It doesn't but, have to be this hard. But it's like at this point, like what can you like so I went to, I met Amanda Seals. I went to one of her screenings last week where she had like a comedic documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was basically her like learning. She was like talking about the politics and all of that stuff and talking about all the head assery that goes on. And she met with some officials. And then she also was like interviewing people on the streets and like asking them like their opinion. Or well, one, asking them how much they know about government and stuff. Because um, you know, the school systems have failed us. But also, like, asking, like, their opinions on, like, what's going on in the world and, like, what they would change. And one thing that, and it was very informative. It was funny, but it was also informative. And, like, I, I brought some tidbits back to my dad, and two of them I talked about was, one, the comptroller. Like, everyone always talk about, like, you know, the governor and the mayor and stuff, but the comptrollers are the one who controls the money. And I think we vote them in. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm, like, People don't make as much noise about them as we should because they are the ones who kind of have a lot of control over like how some things can be changed. I'm not necessarily like with the pay gap, but just like in general with our local government. And then also Ottomans. My dad said he don't think we've all Ottomans. But sometimes I'll be reading what's on that ballot. I just vote straight Democrat. Like if it's like people that I know, like, of course, like the governor and the mayor and stuff, you know them. But like all the other people, I don't always be knowing them. So mm. they Democrat, I'm just gonna vote for them. But like the aldermen, they are the people that make decisions for what goes on to the neighborhood. Like if you have a Whole Foods in your neighborhood, it's because they decided you needed a Whole Foods in your neighborhood. But I'm like that also brings us back to ha- people having access to things they can afford. Like y'all want to bring these high ass Whole Foods into some of these neighborhoods, these urban neighborhoods where people can't afford that, and. Mm. Bring some Aldi's up in there. <laughs> like bring places that people can benefit from without having to push them out. Because also when you bring certain, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Certain buildings, I don't know how to describe it, but buildings into certain neighborhoods, you also push other people out. Yes. And they lose their affordability and their comfortability. So it's like, why not cater to the people? You know? Um, cause I think they don't necessarily want to cater to the people. They just want to cater to the money. They just want to find the money. Yes. But that also goes hand in hand with, if you bring stuff to the people who actually afford it, you're going to get the money. You don't have to drive people out. You don't have to gentrify everything. And then there was another, um, part of that where I was Telling my dad, because my dad, he knows a lot about politics. So we had even talked about this even before I went to this training. But mm-hmm. I was like, you got 435 people in the House of Representatives. Nine people in the Senate. I don't feel like nine people that you cannot vote out who some of these laws outdate even them should be the ones to make the final call on things. If you got 435 people saying something, why would you not take the majority vote? That makes no sense to me. Uh, I really think that when they started planning out how the government, how our government was going to be, 
I really feel like they was on the best shrooms in the world or some kind of local vegetation because everything is screwed. Everything is screwed from the top to the bottom of our government Mm -hmm. because for one, it's written for the people, but not people who look like me. That's Mm -hmm. number one. Number two, I knew y'all was phony when Hillary won the people's vote when she ran against Trump. But the electoral vote obviously counted more because he became president. When if the people telling you, if we, if it's we the people mm-hmm. and we the people said we want Hillary and y'all still say, oh, no, y'all are wrong. We're going to do Trump. It's like, so it's, it, it's really a show. Now, I'm not saying anything crazy because I still want everybody to go out there and vote. Mm-hmm. I go th- I go out there and vote as much as I can. But it's like it, it's almost like a slap in the face. Yeah. It's a slap in the face. You, you tell me to go out here and vote. I'm going out here getting all these people. Everybody came together to everybody came together to stand for this one person. Mm-hmm. And y'all literally played in our face and said, Yeah, that's cool. But you're not getting that. You're gonna get this. They're still playing in our face. This man has been indicted. I forgot the number. It was like so many charges on three criminal three criminal accounts or whatever. And you telling me that y'all took this man to jail. He posted bond in 20 minutes. He back out. Like y'all, y'all really playing with this man. Y'all not really trying to indict him. And then he was impeached, but because the Senate gets the vote, although the House of Representatives voted this man, like it's Y'all really insulting our intelligence, to be honest. And then on top of that, y'all letting this man run. If this was any ordinary man for any job, he would be disqualified immediately just based on these accusations. He wouldn't even have to be indicted yet. And if y'all don't indict him before the fucking re-election, he could still go be go to office. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see me outside the road. I'm going to have one of them sticks and a handkerchief with all my stuff in there. Well, just my phone, my charger, my iPad. Tie it up, put it on my back, and I'm going to hitchhike up out of here. I tell my daddy, the only thing this man is good for is for entertainment because he is funny as hell. Like, when he be... Hey. he don't know shit. So he be making them dumbass faces while he be up on his stand. Confusing Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know who his... Publicist is. I don't know who. <laughs> I don't know who approves things he says before he says them. As soon as this, when COVID was going on, as soon as this man got in front of that podium and said to drink bleach and Lysol <laughs> to cure COVID, y'all, he should have been impeached right then and there because you a dumb motherfucker. You obviously don't know what the hell you're doing. And you obviously lied and finished your way into this spot and you need to go because Money that talks. is harmful information. Money talks. And so I was telling my dad, because, you know, everybody watches Seuss now. You watch Seuss, I watch Seuss, my daddy watches Seuss, and other everybody watches Seuss. And so first season, I was telling my daddy, I was like, Trump being on his bullshit because what I forgot who it was, but one of the characters was just like, she said something about the Trump scandal. And, you know, first season was 2011. So mm-hmm. I was like, Trump being on his bullshit. <laughs> and they let him run office anyway. Yes. If I, I just don't understand 
how he weaseled his way in and how people are still like so supportive. Like I went to, uh, I had a doctor's appointment August 10th. Mm -hmm. This is my first time at this doctor's office. Um, Everybody in the office was an old white person. Mm -hmm. I was the only speck Mm -hmm. from the workers to the people in the waiting rooms. (laughs) And this guy, he's an older gentleman. He was kind of, he was sitting, it was a seat in between us. Mm-hmm. I would say he has to be like in his 40s and then, or maybe 50s. And then he was sitting next to this old man who was like in his 80s. Now, mind you, I said these people was white. This mm-hmm. man, this old man went to go on talking, yeah, and I was in the military and I was stationed here and I fought this and I did that and I fought for this country. And then the younger guy was like, yeah, you know, Trump just did an excellent job in office. As soon as he said Trump, red flag. I'm just waiting for you. And this was right after that Montgomery brawl. Literally. (laughs) The Montgomery brawl. And I'm just sitting here thinking, sir, if you look over here and try to engage in this conversation, try to have me engage into this conversation with you, I will lay your old ass out right here, right now, and not give two fucks about it. Because, and I mean, they were just going on and on to Muslim, you know, these people put everything on the internet. As soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, you saw that man get hit with a chair. Okay. Yeah. These people put everything on the internet and this country used to be worth something way back in the day. How far back? Let me know. How far back? It's always these people and you people, but you people were the people who were afraid of us because if y'all wouldn't have made us slaves, it would have turned out just like that Montgomery Brawl. Y'all, they feared us because if you really think, because who is that? The Satan. His name is Santis, but we call him the Satan. He was like, we should be thankful for slavery. Sir, why? Can you tell me, can you tell me why we should be thankful for slavery? There's nothing to be thankful for. What I can tell you is I'm thankful for the people who were able to make it out of slavery for me to have a place here. But I'm not thankful that slavery happened. If slavery didn't happen, we could have been so much further in life. Yeah, we spent lessons. What lessons did it teach you? Because I wasn't a slave. It didn't teach me nothing but not to trust white people. That's I mean, I love my 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 friends, my white people, but I don't I don't how can I say this without being canceled? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I, I don't trust I mean I trust my friends, but I don't I don't put complete trust in people. Let's just say that. Yes. So I was just about to say, it's not everybody. It's never everybody. But when it comes to, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. When it comes to white people, I I can be friendly with anybody. I Mm -hmm. love everybody. But I'm always going to have in the back of my mind, did you do this because you like me? Or did you do this because you don't want to seem racist? Did you do this because you do have racist tendencies? Well, I was... All of my close white friends, I don't have a lot, but I do have a handful. Based on conversations we have, because they, they are open to those conversations. And sometimes it's not that the conversations actually come up. Sometimes it's because like there's some other people of color and we're talking about stuff and they just mm-hmm. happen to be around. So they hear it. But I have had at least two of them admit that they have they come from a racist family. Not saying that they are racist, but like their grandmother, you know, is maybe racist or. XYZ and 
I've been around old racist white people. I have an ex-best friend who was mixed and her grandmother was racist and she did not hide it. And unfortunately, her grandmother lives with her. So I would have to, I wouldn't necessarily say I had to endure it, but it was, she didn't hide it. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, I how, how can you even, like, I know people are not their family. I know that, but still, it's like, it's a lot. It It is. And like, so I had a, a a white friend that I was really, really close with as well. And I didn't realize, I was so young and naive, y'all. I was so naive. We were all were. I didn't realize the depth of who I was compared to like, not even, like I really didn't even do anything. Mm-hmm. So like I was at her house and you know we're just chilling having a good time and then the parents came in and asked when i was leaving because their dad or the you know the grandparent was coming over and they are racist mm-hmm. and i'm like okay so you can you can and at the time i was young i'm like oh, okay i get it I, i'll leave mm-hmm. but it's like you were able to open your mouth and communicate that to me to get me to leave instead of communicating to that person why that was wrong yeah and then Later on, another incident happened where they said, oh, well, she can date all the black people she wants, but she has to marry a white guy. And I'm like, so so why am I here? Because now I feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like I'm not wanted. It's like, yeah, y'all were nice and smiling in my face this whole time, but behind closed doors, would y'all call you a nigga? I think it's a thing that when people are set in their ways, sometimes no matter how hard you try, you can't do anything about it. Because I have a friend. She's Pakistani. And to my knowledge, she has always dated within her race. She recently got engaged to a black dude. Her, I can't speak for her dad because he's not always the one that she tells me says anything, but her mom is not open to meeting him. Mm-hmm. And it makes her uncomfortable because it's like, she's like, I don't, like, that's how they, she said most of her family is like that. When people are so ingrained in their ways, at some point you can't do anything. Like you could tell them all day that it's wrong. You could tell them how fucked up it is. But if people don't want to change, they're not going to. And this is her only her only daughter. And she's getting married and you refuse to even meet the man. And, you know, this is like this brings up like another question that I would have. It's like, okay, I understand. like it. It, it also depends because some people that actually like care about what their parents have to say, want their families to be involved. And it's like, if I know my parents are racist, I'm not going to intentionally go out and date to make this person feels un- feel uncomfortable. If I know I love this person. What if I'm, you just you know, fall in love with it? So I'm so they're not supposed yes. to be someone they're in love with because of how their family feels. No, but I would definitely like drop my family out like cut them off you don't have to love them this is who i love and if you oh, love she's me then you would accept them. She's, okay, she's okay. and it, it i think it took a, a while because she really wanted wanted her to like because everybody wants their mom and their dad to like their significant other especially if you're gonna marry them that's a big day mm-hmm. but it's like at some point it's like now i see how, how you are as a person and yes i love you but i love you from over there like I have to yeah. set boundaries. I have to do what's best for me, live my life for me. And like mm-hmm. I love you, but also 
I just can't, I can't deal with it. But you know, so, and some people, like a lot of times I've heard about um, the situations where the parents don't like them dating the other person because they're black, yada, yada, yada. And the other person still tries to like force them. Oh, yeah. And it's like, if they don't want to meet me, they don't want to be me. At the end of the day, it's not about the family you come from. It's about the family you create. Because at the end of the day, my parents are going to die off and I'm not going to be here on this earth unhappy Mm -hmm. because I was scared to live my life with who I want to be. Well, who I want to be with because you don't like them because of their skin color. That doesn't make sense. But I'm not going to intentionally and constantly put that person in an uncomfortable position. No, 100 percent. Like, I I think I think it's natural to want your significant other to be embraced. Like, I'm a type of person where I have had plenty of friends and family where I did not like their significant other. Don't force them on me. It's not, it has nothing to do with skin color, but if they're a shitty person or I don't like how they treat you or something you X, Y, whatever the reason is, it's never because of skin color or anything like that. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a legitimate reason. But if I tell you that I want nothing to do with this person, stop trying to force them on me. Yep. yep. And I feel like you that's don't a, them, not me. Exactly. Like that's your man, your woman, whatever it is. I want no parts of it. Just respect that. But I think it's fucked up to not to feel that way when it's about someone's skin color. Yes. Because yes. if they put their hands on you and that's that's one thing. But if it's just because they're black or they're another race. Mm-mm. And, you know, I'm glad we brought this up because I don't understand why black people are the most hated people around the world. Because there was a TikTok that went viral of the Samoan girl. And mm-hmm. she said something along the lines of me looking at my little sister because she brought this now the word they say the i'm not gonna say the word because i don't speak that language and i'm not gonna butcher it but the word translates to black thing but she was saying it in reference to her little sister bring home a black boyfriend and it's like we we really just be trying to exist why is it that there's always a slang or a slur for a black person and it's always in a negative context brainwashing yes when it comes to anything because even now on tiktok it's been going around with like the asian community they've been commenting like that pretty much nigger in their language or black person or black this or monkey like a exact translation from monkey on people's tiktoks in their language and it's like for what it was unprovoked and that's the thing. Some of us do nothing but purely exist, but they can't. Like the dude that shot those three people, what, like two days ago, the 21 year old? Um, oh, I He went in the store. They said it was a hate crime. I think, I, I, I don't remember. I want to say it's Florida. It's shit always happening in Florida. But I'll send it to you after this. But he ended up going in a store and shooting three black people. And then, of course, he killed himself, like they always do. But I, 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 I chalk it down to brainwashing because for so long the white people convinced themselves they were their um superior race and somehow everyone else got on board although they also were looked at just how we were looked at i mean we had it 10 times worse but they got othered as well asians mexicans all of them but somehow they they want to fit in with the white people as if they don't look at them the same way but i but my whole thing with 
the whole, it, it's even in the workplace. There's so many jobs where I have been the only black person and sometimes the only white, white I mean, not the only white person, the only woman in an organization. And I just had to learn, like, that's just the nature of corporate for me, especially the industry I'm in. I had to embrace, I'm not embrace it, but accept it, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't feel like it should be that. And I know with the whole, like, George Floyd thing, they do it like the whole DEI and they were like promoting inclusivity, inclusivity and also um, racial diversity and all that. But now they've taken away like affirmative action. And so now they've kind of like dialed back on the DEI as well. And it's like, yeah, y'all were doing that for sure. Like, oh, we want to hire black people. We want to do this. We want to get, you know, more color in the workplace. We want like diversify. We got Asians. We got Mexicans. Hispanics, I'm sorry, but it's like it was all for show. Mm-hmm. It was all for show. It was all for show. And just like you said, how other races, how they kind of feel like they fit into that white category. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about like the Asians, Hispanics. I just recently learned that last year, um, during slavery and stuff, Hispanic the Hispanic people that were here. They fought so hard to prove that they weren't black to where it's they will have to they have to mark white on the, you know, for their race. And then where it says Hispanic or non-Hispanic, that's how they show that they're Hispanic because they just did not want to be identified as black. So they yeah. fought so hard to prove that they were white. And I'm like, that makes no it- sense. I mean, I didn't know to that extent, but it makes sense because I recall hearing years ago that white that Hispanics were looked at as white people back in the day. Yes, because they um, fought so hard not to be looked at as a black person. Right. Just because so they didn't want to be us then, but they want to be us now. But ha, this is another topic for another conversation. <laughs> but I just I don't know. It's it's sad to see because I feel like we're not progressing. It's feel like we're actually going backwards. Like they keep stripping up us our of our rights. They keep, you know, trying to like make us feel like we not the shit when really y'all take everything from us and try to make it y'all's own. But again, I digress. And half the time, a lot of it, well, a lot of the time, it's like a lot of us, because it takes so long for us to get ahead, especially in the workplace, we have all of these accolades, we have all of these degrees. And sometimes we're smarter. Sometimes we're the smartest person in the room and I've been in a lot of rooms, so I know that for a fact, but they don't want to give us that credit. They might want to take the credit from us. Like I've had other people where they have taken credit for my work. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I know, but I'm not going to say it, but it's like, no, like let us just be able to exist in this world. Just how y'all do. Why? Every time we get a leg up, y'all find some way to try to shoot us down. It's like we can be twice as educated, twice as experienced, and still not enough. Yep, and still not get the same pay. Emphasis on that. Emphasis on the pay. But we can talk about that all day. (laughs) That's why I'm like, okay, maybe we should start wrapping it up because I do feel like this was a good conversation. We did get a little bit off topic, just a little bit, just a little bit. But we (laughs) we always really back in. So I think this was good. If y'all have any comments, questions, concerns, follow us on Instagram at admit2podcast. Make sure you comment and like the post and don't forget to follow 
Emphasis on the follow. And don't emphasis just go lurking. The share. Hit the share. <laughs> don't don't be just lurking on there. But um, we also are gonna start bringing on guests, you guys. If you have anybody that you think would be a, a good fit, then let us know. But if not, we're just gonna be bringing on some guests to kind of like get other outside opinions on some of these topics. Because you know we be talking about a lot, and we got a lot more to talk about too. Yes. But until next time, we will see y'all later. Bye, y'all. Hey. Okay.